Mom. Yes, son. We're still here. Oh, boy. And I just made you watch AEW Dynamite from Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to I Made My Mother Watch Wrestling M3W2, the only podcast on the internet that needs Jake the Snake Roberts on speed dial. My name is Tristan. My mom's name is Mom. We're two Canadians trapped in the heart of Flair Country, and we watch AEW Dynamite, sometimes Rampage, and sometimes we break on through to the other side and watch WWE. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and of course, AOL Instant Messenger. Mom, how are you doing on this uh, renewed Thursday afternoon? (laughs) Renewed? We're back. We were gone. And here we are again. We were gone for a week. That's right. (laughs) Which is a long-ass time in the wrestling world. Felt like an eternity. It did feel like an eternity. So just as an update, we apologize for not having an episode last week, but there were some extenuating circumstances. Yes. So let's go ahead and talk about that uh, real quick. Uh, Mom... Uh, your landlords decided to give you 24 hours notice yes. that they were going to redo all of the floors yes. downstairs in your townhome. Yes, they let me know, well, not even 24 hours, 12 hours. Yeah, about 12 hours. Uh, that I would be floorless. That's true. We do record here. <laughs> of course, we cannot record anywhere else. It's not legal in the state of North Carolina to record a podcast anywhere but upstairs in your mom's townhome. That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, they gave you about uh, 12 hours notice to do that. After how long have you been complaining about this in the soft floors in the kitchen? Four years. Four years. Yeah, they gave you four years later. They're, they're pretty prompt. <laughs> that is. That is prompt. It's true. Uh, you had at one point uh, used blue painter's tape to mark areas in your kitchen floor that you could no longer step. That's right. I had to hop over and make sure I marked it off so I you know, wouldn't go through the floor. Ah. <sighs> But it's done now, and then Yay. they decided to do the living room as well. Yes, which is great. Put down uh, wood floor tile so it looks decent in there. No longer musty with the carpet. LVT. 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 That sounds like a, a that sounds like a wrestler. Uh, luxury vinyl tile. <laughs> Ooh, the you fancy. Know, everybody's getting it. The interlocking waterproof. Yeah, they're all getting it around here. Yes. And finally, you have gotten it as well. Uh, other than that, let's see. I had quite the adventure here as well. Well, first of all, they tore up your flooring, and then I came around, and they just sort of left it for like four days, right? Yes. So there were gaps in the floor about four days before the actual flooring guys came in, and then two days after that, uh, when the uh, guys came down to lay down the LVT. Nice gentleman, I will say. Everything is prompt with this uh, <laughs> with this landlord that you have here. The day before they were supposed to come down and pull up the carpet and redo your living room, uh, I was here. I went into the bathroom. I took a seat, as one does. I looked over and I went, what's that hanging out of the bathtub? Is that hair? It's a little too long to be hair. It was a fucking snake. (laughs) There was a fucking snake in the bathroom. It wasn't my pet snake either. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. 
So I have I haven't had many encounters even living in the South with snakes before, especially not in the bathroom of my mom's townhome. Spiders, yes, upstairs but not snakes. bathroom. Lots of spiders, unfortunately. Don't do well with those. I'd probably do. I'd probably did better with this than I have done with spiders. You did pretty well with this. I was so, I was impressed. So yes, you are at work. I am here upstairs in the bathroom. There is a snake in here slithering uh, out of the bathtub. I remain calm. It is rather long. It's probably about five feet long. As tall as me. <laughs> uh, yeah, about your height, right? It's about a Marco stunt, as we found out in trivia a couple weeks ago. That's right. So my first thought is, what am I supposed to do? I do not have this knowledge. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I don't just have that in my repertoire, I suppose. So I'm thinking, what can I put this in? Uh, will it stay there if I grab something? I don't know. I go outside of the bathroom, the fan's still on, light's still on, which has caused uh, some movement in the snake. It's uh, obviously shocked it a little bit, my presence there. I close the door. I go, what am I supposed to do? Obviously, I have to grab it with something. I have to put it in something. I'm looking around. Uh, you notice later that the first thing I grabbed was uh, a cardigan out of your room, mm-hmm. which <laughs> obviously <laughs> I figured out pretty quickly was a bad idea. Mainly because I thought it would like wriggle out of it before I was able to take it somewhere. So, but also out of thought for for you and your wishes. The fact that it was my good. But cardigan. mainly because I thought it would wriggle out <laughs> of the cardigan. Uh, I grab my phone out of my pocket and I immediately start typing in what I must what I'm supposed to do with a the snake. They're like, "Oh, take a stick and wave it in front of the snake's head, and then grab it by the tail and throw it into a sack." And I am one person. <laughs> that seemed like a lot to manage for one person to find a sack. I'm thinking about a sack. What is a sack, essentially? Does my mom have spare uh, pillowcases in the uh, linen, closet. linen closet? There we go. Uh, no, there are linens in the linen closet, but none of them are uh, sack-like. At this point, I close the linen closet. I look, and the snake is starting to come out of the underside of the bathroom door beside that is the room where we do the podcast every week that we're in right Mm -hmm. now uh this room is full of boxes that i had to move which is part of the reason why we didn't do the podcast last week i just couldn't (laughs) we couldn't set up Uh, i quickly grab an empty box that was in there and i put it on the floor and it deters the snake from going into the room because it's the your router equipment all your electronic equipment is in here as well and if it had got in there we never would have found it until it decided to find us so I grab the box, deters it. It starts to go back into the bathroom. Great. That's a victory in my mind. <laughs> okay. You take them where they come in this situation. So Google has not been particularly helpful, but I think, well, I got to put it in something. When I put, when I put it in, I run downstairs and I see that there is an old pork rinds or... It's an Utz pork rind container. Uh, we are, we're not sponsored by Utz. We are not. Just, just to let you know. We should be. I don't think they particularly make these for catching snakes, but here we go. So I grab this container. I put the lid down somewhere, which will uh, become relevant here in a moment. So I run upstairs with this container. Uh, I grab a meter stick, a yard stick, out of your bedroom. I run in. I run in up to the door. I don't run inside. I'm worried. I go inside, and it's the snake sort of uh, bucks at me. It comes up, and I go, "That's not great." So I take the stick and I do what Google says. I distract the head and it works. It's like uh, jingling, some, it. yeah, jingling yeah. some keys in front of over a baby, essentially. Exactly. And it starts to 
wave back and forth and it goes down and it starts to follow the stick. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use the stick and I'm going to coax it into this uh, container. Now, I am hypnotizing the snake or getting it to follow the stick. I put it in front of the laid down Utz tub, pork rind tub, and it starts to poke in, pokes out, pokes in, pokes out, and then pokes in enough that I feel comfortable. All right, let me tap the tail. So I tapped this tail and it slid right in to the container. And my immediately thought is, what the hell did I do with the lid? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm practically looking around and there's no lid. So I run to the linen closet and I get an old beach towel and I shove that thing in the top so it can't get out. And now I have a snake in a bucket with a towel in it, <laughs> as one does. So uh, immediately I want just want to get this out of the house. I still can't find the lid. I'm walking around your downstairs, not into your kitchen, of course, but walking around <laughs> the living room. I'm like, where the hell did I put this lid? Can't find it. Priority is get the snake out of the house, even though it's in a tub. I go up to the dumpster outside of your of the units around here and I set it down and I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> now I have a snake in a bucket. Do I release the snake? Do I not release the snake? I feel if I release the snake and it goes and someone else sees it, then that's a drama in the neighborhood. You should have filmed it. Would have been and great YouTube. <laughs> no, there was there's too much going through my mind, right? Because you're about to come home. I'm glad that I've got it out of here before you got home. I think that was that was the major priority in the situation. But uh, I just put it in the garbage <laughs> the way it was after a while. And I'm like, okay, if it gets knocked over and the snake gets out, snake wins. But I don't have to be here for it, right? If it doesn't and the garbage comes and gets it later, snake probably still gets out after they pick up the garbage. Most likely, yeah. They picked up the garbage today. Uh, so I assume the snake is roaming free somewhere that's not here. Anyway. <laughs> it's pretty long, though. It probably made its Was way that the responsible thing to do? I don't know. I don't handle snakes. It was the panic thing to do. Afterward, yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I find out that it it was a black rat snake. Right. So it wasn't poisonous or anything. But you don't know that at the time. There just happens to be a snake there in the upstairs bathroom of your mom's townhome, and you do what you got to do. <laughs> so uh, something yeah, something never experienced before. We didn't have a podcast last week. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the reasons uh, why. You know what else is all wriggly and slimy and cannot be contained? What? The news. You're not even a real journalism. That's right. The internet's got the scoops. You know something, brother? Observe this, brother. This is what we call a rag sheet, brother. Mom, we want to say congratulations to Seamus on getting married this week. Uh, best wishes to Tommaso Ciampa on his recovery after his recent hip surgery. And shout out to Becky Lynch, who will portray Cindy Lauper on an upcoming episode of the NBC show Young Rock about uh, embellishments of The Rock's life as a youth around the wrestling business and other places. Mom, WWE is in contact with the U.S. State Department and as of now plans to continue with Saturday's Crown Jewel show in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Earlier this week, Saudi intelligence informed the U.S. that they expect some kind of attack from Iran, uh, most likely targeting their energy infrastructure. And as we know, nothing controversial or dangerous has ever happened in Saudi Arabia or ever happened to WWE talent while they were there. Not even once, never happened. Uh, great place, never been there. 
Mom, the AEW investigation into the brawl after All Out between CM Punk and the Elite appears to be winding down, if not already completed. Teaser videos ran over the last couple weeks and have heavily foreshadowed an Elite return. And rumors and, well, even last night's Dynamite show have suggested that CM Punk may be done with the company. There were wild rumors going around uh, last week, especially that the Elite barged in and hit Larry with the door, damaging the little dog's teeth or something. But those rumors were denied by basically everyone involved. Uh, people really have to watch what they're putting out there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Larry just had a pre-scheduled vet appointment, apparently. Uh, current rumors are that AEW and CM Punk are working toward a contract buyout, but who knows? What we do know is that apparently at one point, Chris Jericho called Punk a locker room cancer and that the general sentiment in the locker room is for the uh, former AEW champ to never return to the company. So yes, there's lots more news over the last couple weeks, but those are uh, the big things that stand out that weren't that didn't take place on last night's show. <laughs> so mom, we move on to the main event of the show, AEW Dynamite, Baltimore, Maryland, 11-2-2022. What'd you think of the show overall? Would you really like my real opinion? Let's get your real stone cold opinion. What the hell was that? That was not the greatest episode of Dynamite that I've ever seen in my life. Um, just overloaded. Too too much. Too much people. Too much. Too, but a lot of times it's the same. I'm not sure the amount of segments was any different than what they usually do. But the actual quality content on the show and the quality of the matches were not up to par. No, I could give you. How many reasons why? Well, many. we'll find out as we go. I guess we should start because one of those reasons is right at the top of the show. Mom, we start out the show with Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal in a uh, grudge match. After two weeks ago, Jay Lethal and Sanjay and them trapped Darby under a garage door mm -hmm. in the stadium. It felt really weird because I didn't want you watch last week's yes. show. I didn't watch last week's show, but this is one of many times that I watched the show and I felt like I didn't need to watch last week's show at all, right? Because two weeks ago we had uh, Darby Allen, Jay Lethal, and now we're starting out and it's like I never missed an episode. I almost felt like I didn't need to watch last night's show. <laughs> like I was better off not watching last night's show. Mom, what'd you think of Darby <laughs> Allen and Jay Lethal? I have no problem with Darby Allen and Jay Lethal. It's everything around Everything this. that came after that. <laughs> So yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, I get. Uh, so this was an all right match. Uh, there was some interesting stuff in it too. Uh, like I said, felt like I didn't miss anything from two weeks ago. Uh, Lethal and Darby meet at the beginning in a brawl. Uh, Satnam Singh has made a career of standing there, <laughs> and he continues to stand there. Uh, Lethal hits a monkey flip on Darby on the outside, who lands but doesn't carry his momentum forward. So he just starts waving his arms and then runs himself into the steel steps in what is one of the funniest spots that I've seen probably all year. Lethal beats his ass all over. Darby makes a comeback. He tries a suicide dive into Singh. <laughs> wow. Who just stands there. He's just like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> he does. Oh, Darby. Singh is out there doing, uh, Singh is out there uh, doing what he's paid to do, which is stand. <laughs> and risk his life. That's true. <laughs> and just be, uh, yeah, he just takes this. He, he doesn't move. And after he doesn't move and gets hit by the suicide dive, uh, Bryce Remsburg ejects him and Sanjay Dutt from ringside, which was also yes. equally hilarious as that made absolutely no sense. 
And let's see here. As he's distracted, sending them out, a Sting impersonator attacks Darby on the outside, allowing Lethal to hit the Lethal Injection for the win. Back in the ring after the match, the Sting impersonator reveals themselves to be... Who was that? Cole no, Carter. Cole, Cole... Cole Carter. Cole Cuts Carter. <laughs> Cole. That's certainly a gimmick idea. He's fresh out of the factory, so like, perhaps... Who That's in the, the way hell go. is Cole Cut Carter? <laughs> uh, I believe everybody in the arena was saying that as well. <laughs> right? This was the what they call an anti-pop. Wow. <laughs> the uh, All the energy is sucked out of the building here. So, yes, old Cole Carter from the factory is there. Some people chant, who are you? Then Sting's actual music hits, and then a man in black hits the ring. And, oh, God. He's wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. No! <laughs> Fresh off participating in the attempted suicide of Ric Flair, it's Jeff Jarrett. And I didn't even know who the heck Jeff Jarrett was. You've never seen never, Jeff Jarrett. ever in my lifetime. You are the luckiest person alive. There's not many people in wrestling that have like genuine go-away heat with me. Jeff Jarrett is one of them. Uh, Jinder Mahal being champion in WWE for a while, like, developed that for me as well. But Jeff Jarrett, he's just, he's everywhere for no reason. On TV, out there killing companies. That's what he does on TV is is destroys companies and destroys interests. People were not interested in the promo he cut afterwards. Nobody gives a fuck. No one afterwards gives a fuck. Nobody commenting. Nobody uh, wants anybody to kill AEW. Nobody doing podcasts. Nobody gives a fuck. Wants him to destroy AEW. How does this keep happening? <laughs> How does he remain employed and on TV and all these wrestling companies? Well, he is now supposed to be what the development. Yeah, he is a executive, executive of business development or something. He was running... I'd like to really know what that entails. So he was running live shows uh, for WWE. Right. House shows. Uh, then he was Up let until go, this year, right? Up until this year. And he was let go. And he's been... I think he was at in TNA at one point this year. He was in the Royal Rumble this year. He was in GCW this year. He's been in like five different companies this year. One of them does not have to be AEW. It drives me absolutely up the wall. That Jeff Jarrett is on my TV. You want to hire him for the back and he can help out with like producing live shows or whatever? Fine. Why does he have to be in TV on TV in 2022? He wasn't good in his original run in WWE. He wasn't any good in WCW. He wasn't any good in TNA. And he's not really any good here. He's jacked as fuck. He's also old as fuck, just like Daddy Ass. We have that. We have a jacked as fuck wait old guy. Wait a minute. Let that, let that, wait a minute. Let that lie. What do you mean, wait a minute? What? Old as F, just like daddy ass. He's old. Well. When he's only like 24 days older than me. Well. I take. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here. That. I'm not going to sit here and, and assume a lady's age. I didn't know how old you were. <laughs> oh. Look, it was. It's just like. It's 2022. And then he starts talking about slap nuts. <laughs> and yeah, all that that's stuff. That's what he does. You hit Darby with a guitar. I'm not impressed. You shouldn't be impressed. Darby was bleeding pretty good. He was bleeding. And nobody seemed to out care. Out of the back of his head. Nobody they were watching seemed to him care. In the ring. Bleeding out of the back of his head because this is the Jeff Jarrett special. This is get Jeff Jarrett over at any cost because Jeff Jarrett says so. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. You, uh, you know what? They failed. I don't believe 
anything about getting over happened with I that. Almost, <laughs> I almost, somewhere in the back of my mind went, just quit. Just don't watch the show anymore. Just fucking don't do the podcast. No, no, Just no, don't no. do it. But I, will I not hate Jeff let Jarrett Jeff on my television. Jarrett defeat me. Look, people must like him because he keeps being hired everywhere. I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett on TV. He can be in the back if he wants to come out and be like a, a mediator or get beat up or get, you know, in the back. Like uh, Jerry Lynn a couple weeks ago for ROH, uh, Jericho gave him the, yeah, the Jer- tombstone okay. on the ramp. Fine. That's another thing. Jericho's doing that stint. Okay, they're doing that storyline. We don't need another, oh, I'm going to destroy AEW from some... I believe him. ...some <laughs> unknown guy to me, Jeff Jarrett. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. So it's like, hello. I don't want to go into his history. I don't Just fuck Jeff Jarrett. You got enough of an impression. as wow. the first impression of what Jeff Jarrett is. I know. And there's no place for him on TV in 2022. And someone out there is going to go, I'll just give him a chance. He's gotten a chance. He's gotten a chance in every company imaginable, even this year. Who's, who, Fuck Jeff who's making these decisions? Tony Khan. Tony. Tony. Right? Tony. He's making all the decisions. We need to meet Tony. There's somebody Khan. back there. Jeff Jarrett's friends with everybody. They yeah. say, you know, why don't bring Jeff in? Bringing Jeff in does not mean putting Jeff on TV. Tony, we need to have a talk. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> They'll probably write you through Jeff Jarrett. We'll put himself and, over. And you don't need to be wearing a swimsuit. <laughs> that's 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 true. Okay. Maybe that's why you hired Jeff, because he's in such great shape for the Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition for AEW. <sighs> Somehow we move on. I'm still watching the show. I don't know why at this point, but... Dedication. Yes, true. To the craft. Uh, we recap the main event storyline from last week where MJF fires the firm and gets beaten down. So a little bit of a three-quarter babyface turn there for MJF at the end of last week's show. Apparently, we cut to a Moxley promo. It's another night for him, but it's a big night for Lee Moriarty. Uh, Moxley says he likes him a lot, but he's not mean or nasty or violent enough for the BCC. And tonight, he's going to give Moriarty a lesson in pain. And that match is now. So Excalibur asks if there's anyone in the industry who loves to fight more than Moxley, and Taz says no, and somewhere Fit Finley is fuming. Uh, Mom, what do you think of Moxley versus Moriarty? Okay. First of all, I have a question. Okay. Why did this match have to be? <laughs> um. Well, you know, I love Moriarty's Moxley part of the firm. But how did this they come ran, to they be? Ran a, they ran a little angle. If you watch the package, they show they ran a little angle with attacks and such. So, yeah, it just didn't have to be, but it was. It's fine. Get Moxley on television. That, and that's the way I... That's the way I felt about the match. It's just there. It, you know, it was. It was. It was, it was a match. undercut, which we'll talk about yeah. in a second. But. So, and that's fine. And I expected that John Moxley would win. And he did. Well, he's the champion of the world right. and Lee Moriarty is, it, of course. Because this Lee match Moriarty. was not going to change him being champion or not. Like, I knew that. No, it was a title eliminator. So right. if you if you beat the champion once, then you get a, a title shot. And that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> no. So no, well, it never happened. was happens. a given. It'll happen once. Like, one day down the line, it will happen. It'll probably happen to a heel, right? It'll happen to a heel where a plucky baby upstart babyface will get a win and then lose in the second match or something. So that match didn't really need to happen. Like, John Moxley could have went on vacation. Lots of things didn't need to happen. When John is Moxley he going to get to go on vacation? <laughs> well, his wife is just tired, so the answer is approximately never. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, this match was okay, I suppose. Decently competitive for what it is. At one point, everyone in the first fr- uh, few rows gets up and they're looking around. I'm like, is there a fight? Like, usually this happens when people start fighting or someone's getting kicked out. But I didn't hear any chant starting until later and they were chanting like MVP. It turns out to be Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson who <laughs> shows up in the middle of the world the world champions match, not a title match, but he just shows up and takes away like any possible heat from it, sort of undercuts it, which is somewhat annoying. Uh, but uh, Lamar Jackson arrives just in time to not have to see Jeff Jarrett. So who's really smart in this situation? Uh, it's certainly him rather than me. Uh, so Moriarty has Moxley in a submission, but gives it up. Uh, to land some uh, back of the head elbow strikes, the sort of violence that Moxley goaded him into, and then Moxley reverses it into the uh, hammer collar elbows of his own, and then hits an arm bar for the victory. And then Ethan Page comes out, who happened to be on commentary, and comes down to attack Moxley and celebrates that he's the entrant, the first entrant into the title eliminator tournament that will be held at a later date and culminate at full gear. I don't know much about Ethan. Ethan Page either. Well, he's on commentary. They're getting him a little more TV time. He is Canadian. Call it so my ignorance. So he's got that going for him, right, for you? But... He's Canadian boy. Hmm? No, no, hmm? no, not doing, no. Not doing not, it for No, you? no, not necessarily. Hmm. No. Nope. Sad day. Uh, but hopefully they'll build him up uh, in the future because... I'll have to investigate. He could win the tournament. So. I'll have to investigate. He's big into toys. He's got a whole toy blog where what he searches out... toys? <laughs> wrestling oh, toys. wrestling toy Figures. Right? Figures, yes. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Wrestling figures. <laughs> he said, he said, he's into toys. I that didn't, could like, mean wink. a lot of things. He's into toys. <laughs> mm. Naughty Canadian boy. Why am I talking about this with my mother? I don't know. All right. Renee and uh, Soraya are backstage for a pre-tape. She says, uh, Soraya says that Baker doesn't care about anything or the division. Soraya's built divisions everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Soraya says she's been wrestling for 30 years. Uh, she is 30 years old. She was a wrestling baby, uh, according to her. Uh, she was born into it, molded by it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Renee asks where she stands medically, and Soraya says she's got one more doctor to consult before she answers that. Okay. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. All right. First of all, you don't say in your lead up to this, Renee Packett sits down. <laughs> Paquette. Or paquette. It's French. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, like yeah. a ketchup packet. Well, I was trying to Americanize it. Packet. Well, she's Canadian. Yeah, I know. So. But you don't say she sits down with Britt Baker and Soraya. Okay. There's an empty chair there. And there's an empty chair with Dog Baker Britt. sitting there. Okay. You remember um, what Clint Eastwood did at that uh, the the uh, the GOP conference years ago, where he brought out an empty chair, an empty and, chair, and pretend to debate Barack Obama, yeah. who wasn't there, of course. So I'm like, okay, let's hear what she has to say. Finally, so uh, Renee mm-hmm. is asking her yes. now about her current status. What exactly is her current status? Yep, medically. Oh, I've got another doctor to consult first. So once again, something useless because she's still not telling us. Obviously, she's not ready to come back to actually wrestle or they wouldn't be stretching it this long. So uh, she is ready to come back and wrestle. And the doctor she's mentioning is Britt Baker. She's going to attack Britt Baker next week. We've already seen her get physical and attack. They wouldn't let her get physical and brawl with anybody. They that won't let you really do that physical. if you're not if you're not medically cleared. Well, true, but 
why do we have to go on playing these games? If she's ready, just go out. She wants to fight Britt Baker. Just go out. So we got time to fill. Got time to kill. Oh, we did not have time in this in this episode. (laughs) Like, there's so many things that didn't have to actually be there this was not good with a weird tease for no reason and it's not it's like an anti-tease because we know that she is cleared or she wouldn't have been involved in brawls the week before don't waste my time on this team on this my life is short it's true you and daddy ass and jeff jarrett that's right life is short cut to the chase what we really cut to is william regal with tony shivani uh regal says that mjf has a long way to go to being a true villain after what he saw last week Moxley is going to show him what it means to be a demon. We move on to the daddy-ass birthday bash. Here he is. The man of the hour comes out with the acclaimed. Caster tells everybody to say happy birthday to Billy. And the crowd chants, scissor me, daddy. Turns out that sneaky swerve has damaged daddy-ass's fingers because he's a prick. And now daddy-ass can no longer scissor. What a tragedy. He's got his hands (laughs) wrapped up. That was hilarious. Uh, Bowen says that scissoring is everywhere. Everyone's doing it. And then he proceeds to scissor the cameraman, which was also really (laughs) funny as well. They debut the foam scissoring fingers. And they give, they they, uh, sort of, you know, put one over Daddy Ass's bandages. And Daddy Ass can now scissor (laughs) on his birthday. (laughs) What a beautiful moment. Brings a tear to my ass. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Uh, They mentioned that Billy Gunn here has a lot of accolades. He was part of the worst segment ever, the reverse battle royal, and so on. And he's also, to them, not just a mentor and a friend, but the world's greatest daddy. And they give him a world's greatest dad trophy. Bowen says that they tried to get people from his past to show up tonight, but two cancel at the last minute, and the rest were upset. He didn't go to the DX reunion, to which Daddy Ass does the DX crotch chop. Bowen says that there's, you know, these last few months, he's been a great daddy, so they want him to officially adopt him, and they bring out a totally legitimate certificate <laughs> for him to for him to sign. Completely legal. <laughs> Nothing weird about this. Dollar store right birth certificate. Yeah, they got it. They got it framed, too. <laughs> so the ass boys show up his actual children. They got Daddy Ass a gift, and it's W. Morrissey who shows up and beats everybody down, which is what he does. He doesn't wrestle. He only shows up to beat people down. And then FTR show up in pink and white shirts and drive them off. And they grab the tag team titles laying there, and they slowly hand them back to the acclaimed. So we will be going there eventually, maybe. Someday. Someday. What'd you think of the segment? It was fine. It was typical Daddy Ass, you know promo things happen to daddy ass around around daddy ass yes right the world just sort of revolves around him and he's there and he's really over for it they took that little boy's scissors oh i forgot to mention that yeah so at one point max caster goes out into the crowd they want someone to give a gift to daddy ass and they grab these big homemade uh cardboard scissors yeah cardboard scissors from this little boy yep and they and then Max Caster scissors a small child. Didn't even give him... They should have given him one of the pink foam well, finger scissors. Well, they should have given the boy something. Normally what they do... I know what WWE does a lot. I'm sure AEW does as well. When something, when they interact, when the kid interacts with the crowd, uh-huh. at some point or interacts with the wrestler, usually sometime later in the show or after the show, they go to them 
They bring them backstage. They meet people. Oh, really? They sign a bunch well, of I stuff. Well, I hope that happened. Yeah, I hope yeah. so, too. Yeah. I didn't see anything about it on social media, but I don't give a fuck about social media, or else I would have been able to tell people that we didn't have a, <laughs> a, a uh, an episode last week, and I apologize for that. But, you but know, we're here now. Here we and are. that's the important that's right. thing. Still alive. <laughs> and I don't know if that snake is or not, but that's not, that's, that's not my problem living, anymore. Living in the moment. That's right. So we move on to uh, Britt Baker, who's with Hater, and they're with Shivani, because this is Hater, uh, Baker's chosen backstage interviewer. Uh, she says she's a victim of a conspiracy and won't show up on Saria's terms. They just want to wrestle. You know what? They want to wrestle on Rampage. Won't someone find someone for them to wrestle on Rampage? And uh, they will be wrestling on Rampage. We move on to Chris Jericho versus a mystery Opponent, Jericho, says that he's going to whip the ass of any former ROH champion, tag champions, pure champions, doesn't matter. He'll even whip Lamar Jackson's ass, who uh, is sort of putting his head down laughing, trying not to laugh in the crowd. But who's it going to be? And it's Colt Cabana. Yeah. Fuck you, CM yep, Punk. This, it's Colt that, Cabana. There's the sign. There's the, there's the sign. That's it. That CM Punk is ousted. Ousted. Out comes Colt Cabana. He is incredibly happy to be on TV once again. As a former ROH tag champ, he heads down to the ring and takes on Jericho in a serious match for the ROH title. Mom, what'd you think of this match? It wasn't a bad match. It was all right. Yeah. It was a tale of two halves, like a lot of TV matches are, where the first half was, uh, and the second half was decent. Yeah. It didn't go very long, I will say. Um, most of this match, and match actually happened during the picture-in-picture. There was a scary part at the beginning of this match. They're trying to do a spot where on the top rope, Cabana is going to put Jericho on his shoulders and do some move. But Jericho, trying to get onto Cabana's shoulders, moves a bit too far forward and starts to slip off the front. And Ouch. Daniel Garcia runs over to try and stop Jericho from falling directly on his head, head on the outside. And Cabana slips too, and he falls down on the outside, and we go to commercial break. Uh, looks like everybody involved was okay, but it was a very <laughs> scary moment Ow. at that point. Uh, so the match picks up after said break, and Cabana locks in the uh, Billy Goat's Curse, I think it's called, which is essentially like a reverse Walls of Jericho. So Jericho slips out of that. Cabana runs the ropes and flies into a Superman pin, which always looks awesome. But Hager yanks his arm from the outside to break up the pin. Uh, Jericho then sort of uh, kicks Cabana into the ropes, uh, comes back and hits Cabana with a code breaker for the pin. And when is the last goddamn time that a code breaker has been used to get a pin by Jericho? I can't remember. Really? Personally. It's that long ago? It's been that long wow. since he actually won with, with a, code a code breaker. breaker. That used to be his finisher uh, a long time ago. And so the Judas Effect, you know, the back elbow, I'd rather see the code breaker versus the Judas Effect. Uh, but that's just me personally. It was nice to see it uh, get the win here. So after the win, Jericho, obsessed with taking out uh, everything that ROH has stood for and everybody that's ever worked there, goes up and wants to attack Ian Riccoboni again, which was giving me flashbacks because the last episode I saw, he was doing the exact same thing. It's like I hadn't missed an episode again, but he gets interrupted. And I really we, we've seen it before that BCC comes piling out. They sort of take turns one guy after another from the Jericho Appreciation Society, and the Blackpool Combat Club, and there's a brawl. And I feel like I'm on a fucking episode of Lamb Chop because this is the feud that will never end. Yeah. It goes on and on, oh. my friend. <laughs> Some people started wrestling, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue wrestling 
forever, <laughs> just because. It is a feud that never ends. Renee is backstage with the Death Triangle. Fennec says that tonight he's going to be a double champ. And Pack interrupts and brandishes a bell hammer because he's he has these bell hammers like uh, Macho Man had creams in that you know that famous promo. I am the cream promo from Macho Man where he's pulling out every, everywhere. Pack just happens to have bell hammers with him at all times. The dangerous man, this Pack. So he offers the bell hammer to Phoenix. Pack says, "Tonight, this can be your golden ticket." Because he's a big. Willy Wonka mark and uh, it's just something for him to think about he says as he walks away so we move on to Luchasaurus versus Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship and the winner gets to face their dream opponent on Rampage <laughs> man what a what a fucking weird stipulation that is but alright we gotta get into the angle after this match somehow so that's uh, what it is I guess mom what did you think of the match overall I love this match it was a pretty good match. I liked it. Like, it wasn't a great match just because a thousand angles were happening within this match. Right. But it was pretty good. For me, good. it was the most entertaining match. It certainly was. Had that uh, classic AEW energy yes. to it, I'll say. I have never, ever wanted Orange Cassidy to win a match more than this match right now, tonight, because I am desperate to know, I wrote here in my notes, who Orange Cassidy's dream opponent yeah. actually is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this match is awesome, uh, even though it's full of interference and other bullshit. Uh, Phoenix and Orange Cassidy target the monster and Luchasaurus to start out with, trying to take him out. And you wouldn't think that a smaller wrestler like Phoenix could take out someone like Luchasaurus. But, of course, there are thousands of Luchadors left, and there's only one Luchasaurus left. Which means that uh, somewhere in history, these Luchadors, they almost put him out of business. That's right. They almost... They almost uh, Cause the extinction of the Luchasaur. Orange Cassidy and Phoenix have great exchanges. Uh, Luchasaurus comes back in and takes over. He starts beating their asses up and down the ring. Then outside, he puts Phoenix through a table. Uh, I'm sure giving uh, Phoenix like non-flashbacks to when he put his arm down and put himself out for months and months and tearing up his arm. But I guess it's a little bit of mental redemption too. Like go out there and do the thing. And don't injure yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be all right. So, uh, and he was all right after the match, as far as we know. Uh, Luchasaurus goes to chokeslam Orange Cassidy off uh, the stage to the valley below. But Jungle Boy shows up with a chair and violent with violent intentions and puts a stop to him. Uh, Christian comes over and Jungle Boy chases him off with a chair. And then he comes bolting out of the tunnel with a flying crossbody or spear and sends them tumbling through the table off the stage. And like he went at him like Darby Allen. He did. He, he did. Was I, I was a little missile. worried about him because it looked like bad when he hit the table too, not just Luchasaurus. It's true because his head hit the back. Yep. As that one end came up, his head hit. But you know, he kind of came too. So the camera he comes to. <laughs> he looks around. He crawls to his to his feet, and then he starts. <laughs> then he starts uh, giving everybody high fives as he heads <laughs> to the back. <laughs> Everybody in the crowd. Pretty proud of himself. He's like, you know, thinking in his head, that was fucking awesome. And it was. It was. Fucking awesome. Good for Jungle Boy. Uh, So back at ringside, we have Orange Cassidy and Phoenix sort of stumbling back to life. Uh, Pac runs down and tries to give the bell hammer to Phoenix. 
But Phoenix refuses it and then gets in the ring and after a brief pin exchange, eats an orange punch and Orange Cassidy is still your champion of the Atlantic Ocean. So Pac beats down Orange Cassidy post-match because that, that's what he does. And then Cassatori Shibata yeah. shows up. Yeah, He is back. We saw it last time we saw him. Mom didn't see him, but I saw him at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Uh, Rocky Romero and the best friends were also out there as well. But in the ring, it's just Shibata who slowly comes down to the ring. Pac backs off and heads out into the crowd, bell hammer in hand. So Shibata, who nearly shoot killed himself, exchanging headbutts with Okada, uh, was last seen at Forbidden Door, like I said before, he gets in and Orange Cassidy produces a contract. So this is Orange Cassidy's dream opponent. Uh, I assume there were two other people backstage who were the dream opponents of the other fellas Maybe. in this match. Who were incredibly sad to find out that they would not be participating in a title <laughs> match on Rampage. But here is Shibata. He takes the contract that Cassidy's produced. He signs it. They have a stare down. Mom, what do you know about Shibata? I don't know a thing. So Shibata, famous Apparently. Japanese wrestler. This is yep. a, this is a rather big deal. It's also incredibly weird. So Shibata, uh, some years ago, was in a match with uh, Kazuchika Okada, or Kazuchika Okada, however you pronounce it. Four years before that, uh, Shibata had favored using headbutts in matches. At one point, he headbutts Okada and essentially gives himself a brain injury in this match. Oh, goodness. After this match, uh, he collapses in the back, is taken to the hospital. He has a subdermal hematoma and almost dies in surgery. Wow. He's told he'll be lucky if he walks and he will never wrestle again. And it's a miracle that he survived. He worked his way back from that. He worked his way up to the point where he could be a trainer at the like the New Japan Dojo, training Young Lions. And last year, I think, he wrestled a sort of pseudo match where he wasn't supposed to take any bumps. And he took a few bumps in that, that match. And now he is here in America in his first, ideally, his first real match back. Wow. Versus Orange Cassidy, Cassidy on Rampage in Atlantic City this that Friday will night. be commentated by Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? I mean, cool. Sort of. <laughs> cool for us, but... Fucking weird. No biting ears, please. <laughs> it's true. Yes, this poor guy has been through enough. Let him retain his ears, Mr. Tyson. But yeah, it's just a strange turn of events. But uh, I'm going to watch it. It's just... You're going to watch it? Of all the places he could I have come back and had a, a title match, right? In Japan yeah. at the Tokyo Dome. It's in Atlantic City on a on a Friday night rampage versus Orange Cassidy with Mike Tyson on Is commentary. Is Mike Tyson going to have a tiger with him? His own personal tiger that he used to have? He probably had to uh, sell like that at on one point. he had the movie. What was that movie? Uh, the Hangover. But it shouldn't uh, be having tigers. They deserve to be on their own, doing their own thing. Mikey. They, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he has tigers anymore. No, probably not. He can't. I don't think he can afford that anymore. There's only so many old men boxing matches uh, that he can have. I did watch that for some reason. How old is Mike Tyson now? He's uh, 50-something, right? I don't know. You're. I just asked you, and you responded with asking me. Well, he's not me. a wrestler, so I don't know. <laughs> hey, Siri, how old is Mike Tyson? Oh, that's Alexa. That is. Alexa, how old is Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson is 56 years old. 56 years old. He's just this a flurry baby. of 50-plus-year-old men invading <laughs> AEW and Shibata, which is actually pretty cool. But strange, but cool. 
Tony Schiavone is backstage with Swerve Scott and the boss. No, the biggest boss, Rick Ross. Mom, what do you know about Rick Ross? Once again, not a damn thing. <laughs> so here's Rick Ross. So how many is that now tonight that I don't know a damn thing about? I don't know a damn Three. thing about Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. You don't know a damn thing about Rick Ross? Or really Cold Cuts Kata or whatever his name is either. So that's maybe four. Shibata. And Shibata. Cold, Although I... Cold, cold. Oh, That's what uh, I'm going to call him. What's his name? Cole, Cole, Cole Carter. Cole, Cole, yeah, Cole Guts Carter. Changed his last gimmick <laughs> last name to Slaw. Cole Slaw. Proud, <laughs> say he's from North Carolina, right? Proud Cole Slaw here in AW. So yes, you didn't know anything about Jeff Jarrett, Cole Carter, Shibata, and now Rick Ross. Now Rick Ross. It's this crazy combination of folks on an episode of Dynamite. See, I'm watching this show going, who's this show supposed to appeal to? I don't know. It wasn't appealing to me. Like, why is Jeff Jarrett and Rick Ross on this show? <laughs> like, why is Shibata and Cole Carter on this show? Why is Shibata and Jeff Jarrett on this show? Like, the idea that all of this, all of these things It's happening, happening at once, so it, it's insane. not highlighting really any of them, right? And it's, it's all just kind of crowded and clumped in together in one show. So it's not really saying that there, like, there's a surprise or a uniqueness to any of those yeah. added people or whoever. So it, yeah, it was just a clusterfuck. Excuse have, my language. We have Shibata, and literally, like, two seconds later, Rick Ross is in the back. <laughs> this is this is quite a, a a strange episode of Dynamite. Uh, so yeah. Rick Ross, the biggest boss, he says, is in the back. They are in front of a small table that has some glasses on it and a bottle of champagne and a plastic bucket. Tony Schiavone asks Swerve, why are you the way that you are? But Ross says, I only want to hear positivity tonight. He's here to make sure that Swerve isn't just the biggest wrestler in the world, but also the biggest recording artist in the world. And that is, I mean, even in kayfabe, that is quite a large order from old Rick Ross. <sighs> Keith Lee shows up. It was awesome. Keith Lee says Swerve hasn't responded to his calls or texts. He says Swerve cheated in their last few matches. And Rick Ross goes, accusations! <laughs> False accusations! And it's in that moment that I thought Rick Ross should always be here. <laughs> Rick Ross, bring on more Rick Ross! <laughs> the biggest boss. Accusations. <laughs> oh, it was the whole scene was hilarious. Why is there a bottle of wine in a plastic bucket on a small makeshift table in the interview area? But here we are. So they have to rain positive and Swerve proceeds to book an eight man tag for next week, which is them versus the ass boys versus the acclaimed and FTR. And Ross proposes a toast and gives Tony Schiavone a glass of champagne as well. Inclusion. <laughs> Good for Tony Schiavone. Everybody loves Tony Schiavone. Better than being beaten up. MJF. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> it's nice to see people treating Schiavone with the respect he deserves. Uh. Mom, what wasn't respectful, to my eyes at least, was Marina Shafir versus Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. What'd you think of the goings on here? This did not change my mind. This was, as Steve Austin would say, the drizzling shits. This was the lip of the night. <laughs> okay. We're, we're already we'll declaring it now. We'll talk about it later. But by God, was this segment absolutely horrible. I, I just 
don't get it over and over again. Okay, so I say, okay, I know Jade Cargill is going to wrestle tonight. Yep. I want to see her wrestle in a real match. Please. Mm -hmm. Do I get it? No. Nada. (laughs) Nada. No. You did not. You did not. Happen. You did not get that. What you got was Nyla Rose coming out with Vicky Guerrero in the middle of the match, standing at the top of the ramp with a microphone to do live shit talking commentary. I was hoping I'd never hear that squeal again. And there it and is. And then there's the Vicky squeal, and I thought, please, please. And then, and then it just unraveled into absolute nothingness. This match is terrible. This commentary is terrible. This angle is not great. Uh, it's certainly a thing that's happening on my television, is what I wrote. I was very pissed off, and that's what I wrote. <laughs> I'm very pissed off. <laughs> so at one point, Jade goes up the ramp to confront them and almost gets counted out. She runs back in, and Marina Shafir cannot sell, and she knows a couple moves, and she looks completely lifeless as she goes up and takes Jaded and loses. And Cargill is still the TBS champion, uh, which is currently being paraded around by Nyla Rose. This is not good. Uh, It's not long enough for me to be incredibly angry about it. Oh, it was for Um, me. But it felt like it it was 109 Because this happens over and over again. If it it isn't the promos, it's whatever small matches I've seen her in. And I'm not mad at her. I'm mad for her. I think they should be doing so much better for her because if she does have what it takes, then they shouldn't be doing this. I think they rushed Jade and they booked her into a corner. They don't know what to do. They have her on this winning streak. She needs to beat people, but she can't be beating people of any meaning because she cannot outwork them or work on their level. So so don't have her on at all. Just have her training. Have her on Rampage? No, <laughs> no. Her a, have her back well, it's, training. It's too, it's too late. She has to drop that title if she were to go do that and be off TV for a while. Well, that's okay. But on a personal level as a person, if she wants to get better, let her drop it for and then bring her back and have her, like, show us her, show us her stuff and win the title There's legitimately. Only, like, learning on the job is great, but you need a, a, probably a specific... Uh, level of ability before yeah. you get there. I'm not sure that should be happening on Wednesday nights on the flagship show, unfortunately. And and don't don't bother us with this stuff. <laughs> That's, I'm trying to put it as nicely That's as possible. Really mean, but it's true. Uh, I'd rather not uh, see it either at this at this point. <sighs> we move on to a house of uh, house of black promo package. I thought this was fucking awesome. The way they did this. Julia Hart is wrapping up the dead bodies of her fellow House of Black members here uh, with Buddy Murphy being uh, conspicuously absent. <laughs> but uh, we have her wrapping up, you know, Brody uh, along with uh, the supposed body of Malachi Black performing this ritual to essentially resurrect them as a voiceover talks about how they, they shall be born again to return and suffer anew because life is suffering this is a great package and i hope that when malachi black actually comes back that he's healthy both physically and mentally as well and i hope he gets a a push consummate with his work rate and his character work because he deserves a bit more than what he had gotten before we move on to a promo package with tony storm and jamie Hayter. 
During the pandemic, they lived together in England, which is an interesting fact that I did not know. Uh, but now things are different. They'll meet at full gear for the interim championship that Tony has defended about 100 times. But whatever. It's still the interim championship. Uh, it's a good promo package, and I think this should be a good match. The promo packages for AEW in the last couple months have been excellent, more ubiquitous, and they're a lot better in quality than they used to be, too. So good on them. And um, I figured there'd be some angle for this. Was there an angle ran last week between Hater and Tony Storm? I don't remember. But well, that doesn't mean that they're... They got there a package wasn't. and there's going to be a match. So here we go. The main event of the evening brings us the machine. Brian Cage with the embassy versus Samoa Joe and his ROH television title. Mom, what'd you think of the main event of the evening? All right. First of all, let's separate the two. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's the match. Yes. And then there's the aspect of it being the main event. Mm -hmm. Okay. They should have been separated. Okay. To me, the match was fine. Okay. Okay, because I, I like them both for their own, mm -hmm. right? Not a main event. No. No. No, not a main event. In in that respect, I was extremely frustrated. To, to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure which one should have been the main event, or last night. Like, none of them felt like a main event. Uh, the three-way should have been the main event. Maybe the three-way, yeah, with... With um, Luchasaurus. It had the biggest and, angle at the end, yeah. too. And they did. And then Jungle Boy coming in. Like, that would have been awesome for a main event. I agree. But just to have this regular match and call it the main event, I don't I don't understand. I don't know what they were smoking. I really don't know what they were smoking when they organized it. couple things. Chewing on a few mushrooms, maybe. couple things. I don't no, know. I don't think this was a main event. That was my first thought, like, about halfway through this match. This shouldn't have been the main event. Of the evening should have been the triple threat had the biggest angle mm -hmm. at the end of it. there was an angle at the end of this but still uh shibata going to wrestle on rampage in his first match back really his first real match back i think in forever like that should be uh the main event angle but then you can't transition directly from him to rick ross so what the fuck do i know <laughs> what a weird show this was at least jeff jarrett wasn't in the fucking main event anyway uh this match is okay uh, there are some, like, pretty good strength spots, I'll say, with Brian Cage, like, hauling Samoa Joe. If he gives him a German suplex, I think outside of Brock Lesnar is the only one I've seen do that to Samoa Joe in quite a long time. Uh, but otherwise, there's not a lot going on here. It seems dumb of me to say as a fan, but I look at Samoa Joe, and I'm not concerned, but he speed-wise has lost a step. Well, of course he has. And... Like, it's, it's incredibly apparent. And I don't feel... It's not like I feel sad watching the match. He's still, you know, great at, great at striking and some stuff. But there uh, isn't a... There isn't a pace that he can maintain at this point. I don't know if it's just conditioning or whatever. He was injured for quite a long time, and maybe this will turn around. Uh, but I look at it and I go, okay, he's not there now, or at least not yet, I guess. Well, how old is Samoa Joe? Uh, old Joe is 40-something, I think. I haven't got I haven't got that far on my list. Alexa, how old is Samoa Joe? Joe Cena is 43. He's 43. He's Which actually 43. isn't that bad, yeah. But uh, he's, he's uh, compared to some of these guys in Brian Cage as well. He's looking tired. He's looking a little slow. Yeah. He's got that uh, Brock Lesnar hue two minutes into a match as well, but doesn't have that particular like cardio. At the moment, yeah. maybe that changes uh, in the long run, but it's just seemed a little plodding at times unfortunately 
the match is okay. Uh, Joe reverses Cage into a Kuchina clutch and retains the ROH TV title. Yay! It was a mediocre match for a main event. It certainly wasn't the level of it your wasn't average a main dynamite event. main event, unfortunately. Yeah. I like seeing Joe, but it just it just wasn't it kills me to watch when he's just a step slower yeah. than he was even a couple years ago. Yeah, like like I said, there's a few matches in there that really didn't even need to be there tonight. Didn't didn't really need to It's really weird. I know giving them work and everything. But. It's really weird watching an ROH title match for a company that doesn't have a television show. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to popular uh, popular belief here, for Tony Khan at least, uh, this isn't ROH TV. And that is a uh, broader problem that we'll probably talk about uh, next week. But, yeah, that was the main event. After the main event, Warlow comes out as the uh, embassy start beating down Joe. And then Will Hobbs comes out and attacks Warlow. And he stands tall with the TNT title. Completely different title than the title we just saw main event the show. But uh, whatever. It's Hobbs and it's the AW title. So that's cool, I suppose. Mom, what was your match of the night? Orange Cassidy versus Luchasaurus versus Ray Fenix. I agree. Should have been the main event. A lot of bullshit. It's really weird to say that like this is the match of the night. It shows you the sort of weakness of the night when there's just tons of interference and tons of bullshit in this. And it's still uh, still the match of the night. Yeah. I suppose. Um, and it's mine as well, too. Mom, who was your MVP of the evening? I don't have one. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing just, really nope. stood out here. Nope. Uh, as far as, you know, individual performances go or anything. Mom, what was your, who was your least impressive performer of the evening? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier. The lip. The Cargill fiasco. Cargill, Marina Shafir, mm. Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose fiasco. Nikki Guerrero. All of them, to me, my least impressive performers of the night are Jeff Jarrett and Tony Khan. It's fucking 2022, and I still have to see Jeff Jarrett on my goddamn television. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was my first time seeing him, and I still didn't want to see him. It's like fucking <laughs> looking outside and seeing the Grim Reaper. Get off my lawn, fucker! It's not my time yet! Get off my lawn. Get <sighs> out of my ring. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, yeah, not the greatest episode of Dynamite that I've ever seen. No. Uh, probably no. the first, like, out of a, a long run of pretty decent Dynamites. And, like, apparently they didn't like this was going to be the lowest rated show of the year or something based on the competition in the world series that was on and but like i don't care like i watch this if it there was, should it should maintain a certain level every week that's like, some that, wwe bullshit to throw some jeff jarrett at me when you think no one's watching is that the reason why they they cluttered it because they thought adding like so much going on would would make it somewhat better but it just it it just totally clogged my mind i think like, it i felt was so cluttered. frustrated it felt, it felt cluttered because some of it was genuinely genuinely awful like yeah jeff jarrett and such like otherwise awful. they usually do a hundred thousand things a week but enough of it's good that you it sort of keeps and rolling it makes sense some and of it didn't make sense it, in there. they did not have the match quality tonight mm -mm. uh to hold up the rest of the show like no. they usually do no. they've but, they had stuff that they shouldn't have bothered me with it's true and uh yeah 
Mom, it's that time of the evening where we put your wrestling knowledge to the test in something that we call Timeline Trivia. And there is Gorgeous George throwing out the gold Gorgeous Georgie pin. See me, I'm real plain and simple and direct. They call me horror! Everybody knows it! I don't have to say what I am, because I've done it! But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, whoo, right here, I'm the man. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son! Mom! <laughs> it's time for Timeline Trivia. Five questions. Five bonus questions. Ten questions related to wrestling history, wrestling matches, wrestling adjacent things, or sometimes not. Whatever. Here we go. Question one. Mom, Cole Cabana was announced tonight as a former ROH World Tag Team Champion. Who was his tag team partner for that title reign? Did they mention it? Or do I have to pull this out of the top of my head? You can... Pull it out of wherever you want. I hope it wasn't CM Punk. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> CM Punk was the answer. <laughs> Who else could it have possibly have been? Oh. Mom, bonus question. Over or under one year since Colt Cabana last wrestled on Dynamite? Over. You think it's over? Well, the last time I see him, saw him wrestle. Not the last time you saw him. The, the last, last time, time he... I saw him was before the pandemic. That's I'm just 10 years go ago. With that. So you're going to say over? Over. It has been under. What? Barely. When did I miss that? 11 24 2021. Not that I'm stalking him or anything. Brian Danielson. So just under a hair under a year, right? Oh, 20 really? days under a year. Huh. I missed that one. Mom, question two. Jeff Jarrett has somehow inexplicably fallen into a high-ranking position at every major wrestling company in the United States. Apparently, yes. But in what decade did Ooh. that illustrious, I suppose, career begin? In what decade? What decade did Jeff Jarrett burst onto the scene? Wow. 1990. Like the 1990s, 1990s. 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 Sure. 80s. It is the yeah. 80s. I'm, I'd have some other fact in here, but I don't give a fuck about Jeff Jarrett. Don't know how old he is. Mom, here's a question he for old. you. <laughs> if you had a dime for every dime that Jeff Jarrett drew in every major company he ever worked for, how many dimes would you have? For every dime that he drew, what do you mean drew. by that? They Drawing made... money is the goal oh. yeah, for a wrestling company. How? Oh. If you had a dime, if I had a dime for every dime, one to one ratio that Jeff Jarrett ever drew for a wrestling company, how many dimes would you have? I would probably have a hundred thousand dimes. You would have zero dimes. Zero. <laughs> he didn't make any money for anybody. Broke. Broke 6,000 guitars and never drew a dime. Did he put them all in a bankruptcy? That was a quote, famous quote from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them. Uh, famous quote from uh, Mike Graham of the uh, Graham Wrestling family. 
the late, <sighs> I will say, Mike Graham as well. But yeah, it's a famous quote about Jeff Jarrett. Broke 6,000 guitars, never drew a dime. Wow. <laughs> Mom, question three. Former AEW champion and self-defense expert CM Punk's in-ring career with AEW lasted almost exactly one year from September 5th, 2021 to September 4th, 2022. In that time, CM Punk only lost two matches. One was to John Moxley in three minutes, and the other was to whom? Who else did he wrestle? John Moxley and MJF? Can't remember. This old mind can't remember. That is it correct. was MJF. Okay, yay! MJF beat him in Chicago. Twice in one night. I've got two CM Punk questions right. You do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bonus question. Over or under 25, the number of total matches CM Punk had in his AEW run. Over or under 25. Yep. Did he have more or less than 25 matches? In his... His whole run, this whole his, year. Oh, this whole year? Over or under 25 matches? He wrestled that much? Under. He had 23, 23 matches. Wow. Where was I for any of those? AEW career. Damn. Well, you weren't. Well, you only saw about the second half of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. But still, good job. All right, mom. Question four. Simple question: Is Brock Lesnar actually a Canadian citizen? He lives in Canada. He lives in Canada. Is he actually a Canadian citizen? I would have to probably say, why not? Yes. <laughs> I mean, immigration's up there's nice, but they're not that nice. <laughs> what? Brock Lesnar, can I be a, can I be a citizen? No, nah, you, why not? Just like here in the United States, if you have the money and you can prove to support yourself, they'll let you in the country as long as you 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 know you turn out clean and and the under <laughs> clean what? <laughs> no, he's not a Scientologist a or anything. <laughs> But Give I you mean, a pack of wet wipes as you cross you know, the when immigration investigates you and makes sure that your record's totally clean and you're not a you know psychopath or anything, then yeah, I think he is. That is correct. Brock Lesnar. I mean, why is not? Why wouldn't you? He came out waving a Canadian flag Yay! to his last UFC fight and then promptly, promptly popped for steroids. <laughs> Mom, bonus question. <laughs> In our last episode, we found out that Yokozuna was not only not an actual Yokozuna, but he wasn't Japanese either. And neither was Mr. Fuji, actually. They're both from Hawaii. Uh, in fact, many wrestlers have gimmicked home countries. Mom, which of these wrestlers wasn't actually born in their build country? Ivan Koloff, the Iron Sheik, or the Mountie Jacques Rougeau? The Iron Sheik. You came up with that pretty fast. Yes. So you think he's not actually from Iran? Not Iran. He, oh, is, he is actually from the Mountie. Iran. The Mountie. You've been humbled I've by been. the Iron Sheik. The Mountie was from Canada. You know who else was from Canada? Ivan Koloff. Was he? Was from Quebec. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea hmm. until I actually looked that up. Mom, question five. Platinum recording artist, 
purveyor of positivity and declare of accusations, Rick Ross claimed he would make old Sneaky Swerve the biggest recording artist in the world. He also claimed that he was the biggest boss. But which boss is actually bigger, Rick Ross or Bruce Springsteen by height? Oh. Who is the biggest boss? I don't remember what Rick Ross looks like. <laughs> you just watched it. I know. I know. I know. Um, he's just a large dude. It's hard to say exactly how large he is because he's standing next to two large dudes, including Keith Lee. Right. And I don't and how big is really know Bruce how, Bruce, how big Bruce Springsteen. I don't think he's that big. Uh, Rick Ross. Rick Ross, the boss. You are correct. Yeah. Rick Ross, a court. Look, I want to stress this because you don't know what's real, what's not. Right. Right. It could just be kayfabe numbers on Google. Five eleven for Rick Ross. Five ten for Bruce Springsteen. But it could all be bullshit. I don't know. But for now, for what I saw, Rick Ross is indeed the biggest boss. All right. Bonus question. Last question of the night. Which number is bigger? The amount of times CM Punk has lost in AEW or the amount of Billboard number one hits Bruce Springsteen has recorded. Which number is what? Which number's bigger? Is bigger. CM Punk lose more times in AEW, or did Bruce Springsteen have more number one hits? Bruce Springsteen had more number one hits. Oh, I Bruce lost the CM Punk question. had zero what number one hits did he really recorded himself see oh, wow. he wrote blinded by the light right performed by manford man which went to number one but he did oh. not he's not the performer of that song okay his actual uh discography has zero number one plenty plenty of hits but zero number one hits which was incredibly surprising when i looked it up today but it is the truth you actually did pretty well this week i think or maybe i'm slipping you think you're not sure who knows well, next week, I think that we should discuss how AEW has been slipping slightly, a little bit. We reveal our top five problems. We Each have of us has to AW. think of five? Each, yes. Well, that, that might be hard. Okay. You, you can't think of five well, problems that they have? You have all week to think, of, to think on this. And I we're know, going to reveal our list five pressure. to one next week. It's a good thing I have this week off. Yeah, well, that's it for tonight, folks. We'll be back next week, as I said, with our top five problems with AEW. And, of course, our weekly Dynamite review. But for now, Mom. Yes, son? I'm sorry I made you watch wrestling. Well, better days ahead. <laughs>